Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to GEMS Podcast. I am the founder and host, Miss Genesis Amaris Kemp, and with me today is Cheryl and Jeanette, and here's a bit about Cheryl. She is an author, speaker, and trainer who brings more than 30 years of high-level experience in the business arena as both a three-time entrepreneur and C-suite executive for $2 billion companies to an integrative wellness practice that is holistic by design. Her company, Anjanet Wellness Incorporated, offers online learning, one-to-one programs, on-site training, and speaking for high-performing and high-profile individuals, organization, business leaders, and teams. Cheryl holds certifications across multiple businesses and mindset disciplines that are essential to individual and organizational health. These advanced trainings include strategy, performance, technology, cognitive behavioral, clinical, and Ericksonian hypnotherapy, NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming, brain health, and stress, anxiety, and self-regulation. Cheryl is a key thought leader and speaker on the topic of imposter syndrome with her book, The Imposter Lies Within, currently available for pre-sale with a launch date of May 11, 2022. And without further ado, please welcome Cheryl and Jeanette to GEMS Podcast. Thank you so much. I so appreciate being here. <laughs> My pleasure, Cheryl. And today we're going to unpack what is imposter syndrome and what are some ways that we as individuals can kick imposter syndrome in the butt and overcome that so we can live our lives optimally. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's such a good question because I think that People think they understand what imposter syndrome is, but there are a lot of myths around there and it's a little bit confusing. So it's, it's very simple. Imposter syndrome is a psychological pattern and the emphasis is on the word pattern where someone feels like they're not good enough in spite of their accomplishments. So again, emphasis on in spite of. So what happens is someone will feel like, They're not good enough or worthy or deserving, but the evidence proves the opposite. They really are. They're out there doing their thing. They're accomplished individuals. And you can see it on paper. You can see it in their actual accomplishments, but there's a disconnect. They'll still feel like they're not good enough. Does that make sense? Yes, that definitely makes sense because it feels like obviously there are some areas that are not connecting to where they feel self-worth, where they have that overall confidence and where they're really happy with who they are. So there's little things, maybe they're limiting beliefs or doubts, or maybe they're external um, voices and factors that have conditioned them to think a certain way about themselves versus seeing from a holistic approach, who they are is how I kind of explain it there in a nutshell. Yeah. And that was really, really good. You know, it's, it's like, um, 
when you stay, it's internal. That's the important piece of this. And that's why the book is called The Imposter Lies Within, because it lies within. It's deep inside of us, right? It kind of, if you think about the roots of something, it's almost like it got seeded and rooted really early in our lives. And then it took hold and layered in these questions that we ask ourselves. Am I good enough or not? Am I worthy or not? Am I deserving or not? And our little minds, when we're young, we look for evidence. So if I think I'm not good enough, something else happens, I'll say, oh, see, there, evidence, I'm not good enough. And it starts layering in, it becomes kind of weighty. So that's the imposter lies within. But the other meaning is it lies because it's a liar, because you really aren't an imposter. You see, some people think that imposter syndrome means you're an imposter. So they'll say, you can't, you can't have imposter syndrome because you're asking that question, because obviously you're not an imposter. See, so, or they'll think it's because other people think we're an imposter, but the truth is, it's not that we're actually an imposter, and it's not that other people think we're an imposter. It's that inside we think we're an imposter. We feel like we're a fraud or we're faking it or other people are going to figure out we're not as good as they think we are. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. And you took the words out of our out of my mouth because I was like, yeah, if you think about imposter, imposter is a fraud. Someone that comes in and masks their identity or they try to have that camouflage um, where they make you believe that something is there when it's really not, or they're really hiding part of who they are because they are trying to adapt when in actuality, as you keep going through it, you see glimpses of the truth, but you never see the whole picture until you go beyond the surface level. That's exactly right. And, and so it's not, even though our perception might be others think we are, or they're going to find out we are, or we start to think we are, we're, we're, we're faking it till we make it. So we must be an imposter because we're learning something new. But the truth is, we are all a beginner at some time in something. And that's actually a good thing. And that doesn't make you an imposter. That just makes you a beginner. And we all have fear and doubt. And many people have these perfectionist tendencies. But that can be adaptive. That can be healthy. It's when it becomes what we call maladaptive, when it becomes unhealthy, where that fear takes hold and instead of a friend, it becomes a foe, where doubt becomes crippling. Like we doubt ourselves to the point where we can't move forward and we get those ruminating thoughts that just sits in our mind and we go over and over and we make things up and we compare ourselves to everyone and we feel like we don't fit in, we don't belong. So it just gets a very unhealthy, very maladaptive. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Because I always tell people, you don't heal if you don't look at the root. Because if you don't know what is causing you to feel the way you feel, why are you reacting the way that you're reacting? And why are you thinking the way you're thinking? Whether it's some paradigms that you've had in childhood that have carried over into your adulthood or et cetera, then you won't really be able to kill the weeds at the root because you don't know where it's stemming from. That's exactly it. So 
One of the things when I was looking at this, because I was really working in manifestation, and I realized that there were all these gaps, like why were some people manifesting with ease, or why did some people manifest well, sometimes but not always, and more often than not, people were really struggling. They were kind of getting the opposite of what they said they wanted, or just getting more of the same. I said, what's going on below the surface? Where are the gaps? Why is this happening? And I, I saw this overlay with imposter syndrome. You know, these disconnects, these gaps, these limiting beliefs. And so I looked out at people that are really working on imposter syndrome, that are helping people. And I said, okay, there are a lot of great techniques, like feel the fear and do it anyway. And, and you know, if you're overly like the perfectionist, just let it go at 80%. And there are all kinds of things we can do. But that kind of works from the outside in, right? That's like, that's important. But I didn't see anyone doing a really holistic approach, going inside out and outside in. So I created this whole methodology and this roadmap to get people past imposter syndrome, not just through it, not just doing a little better or hobbling along, but actually past it. Absolutely. And you know what? Whenever you said past it, it almost reminds you of Monopoly, right? I'm sure we've all played Monopoly. It says, do not pass go and collect $200. So in life, there are certain stages that we have to go through. And until you go through those stages, you're not going to understand the reason behind the stage or why you had to go through that level. So you really have to be intentional. And whenever you are intentional, when you ask the right questions, when you take time to self-reflect, to journal, or even partner with someone, whether it is a a mentor or it's a paid professional like a coach or um, a therapist or et cetera, then you begin to break down or chip away those layers so you could fully see what's on the other side. And if you're so busy doing other things to appease people who were never really meant to validate you, then you're doing yourself a disservice and you're not really doing the inward work in order for you to manifest what you want outwardly because you're trying to be that people pleaser. But the only one that you're not pleasing is yourself because you are failing to really look at ways to help with personal growth and development because you're so busy worrying about the extrinsic factors. Oh my goodness. You know, you said so many amazing, wise things there. And just to kind of unpack a little bit as I was listening to you, you know, when we're going through something really difficult and somebody says, this is happening for you, part of us just wants to go, okay, look, F, you you don't understand what I'm going through. That's like crazy because this really is painful. This really hurts. This doesn't feel good. This cannot actually be for me. And it's only till we get through some things and we connect the dots looking backwards. That's a quote from Steve Jobs. You know, you can't really uh, connect the dots looking forward. You almost have to connect them looking backwards. But when we do that, we can see, hopefully, hopefully if we grow through what we go through, we can see that things really do happen for us. And it is part of the growth. So that was part of what you talked about. And you 
you dipped into the people pleaser, you know, and I think that's so powerful because, and I think you're going to love the book because one of the things I say is one, or I should say one of the things I give you is a framework to understand imposter syndrome and it's through seven archetypes. So it's kind of like, okay, now I have the awareness of what it is. There are four stages. I have this awareness and I understand what it is and what it isn't. And now I'm going to do some insight. That's the second stage. And the insight is, how does this really show up for me? What does this mean for me? And everyone's a little different. And so I use these seven archetypes. Do you want me to, obviously the people pleaser is one of them, but would you like me to tell you the seven archetypes? Absolutely. And are you saying archetypes or art types? Arc. 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 A-R-C-H. Personas. Yeah. Archetypes are like personas. They're kind of general, but they're a way for us to understand. It's not a label, but it's like a persona. It's like a way for us to kind of understand how this is showing up for us. It's like if you have a symptom, let's say you have terrible stomach pains and you get these bad headaches and you go to the doctor and the doctor has no diagnosis. They're like, oh, we don't know what's wrong with you. it's frustrating, right? It's like, well, now what do I do? Or they misdiagnose you and they give you stuff and they tell you to do this and it's not working, right? So it's the same with the symptoms of imposter syndrome where we're feeling like we've got these ruminating thoughts and this high anxiety and worrying all the time and comparing ourselves to others and kind of suppressing our emotions and feeling like we're not worthy or good enough and we hide it. We learn to put the confidence suit on. We go out there. We we pretend, but inside it's this inner turmoil. And so the archetypes are a way to understand it. It's just a way to have a starting point. Yours might be different than mine. You might say, you know, I really relate to these five, but not those two. And I might say, oh my gosh, I relate to all seven of them. <laughs> Or someone else might say, you know, these two seem to really show up for me. The other ones, not so much. So the seven are the perfectionist, the people pleaser, the master. The master feels like they need just one more degree or certification to be quote unquote good enough, right? And I'll go back to the perfectionist. And the perfectionist shows up in a number of ways, but one of the Um, traits of the perfectionist is they really seem to only see their flaws. And even if they see the good things, they have trouble celebrating them or they celebrate them for a short time. But the flaw, that one flaw is huge. And they just kind of isolate because they feel like everything has to be perfect all the time. And the people pleaser always puts themselves last. They have trouble saying no. They have trouble setting boundaries. They really, um, it, you know, they end up actually feeling resentful and they can even feel like a victim, but they're the ones that set the plate. They're the ones that didn't set the boundaries, that didn't say no, and then they feel resentful and it's really frustrating. Um, the master, again, I said, just feels like they need one more degree or certification to be good enough. They're always chasing expertise. Um, there's the Lone Ranger. The Lone Ranger has trouble delegating. Uh, they tend to really have trouble asking for help. It's like, oh gosh, if I ask for help, someone might figure out I'm not good enough. I just need to figure this out. I don't want to be found out. There's the superhero. The superhero feels like they have to do everything 
twice as much as everyone else just to be at the starting gate. They just overdo, overcompensate. Um, there's the savior. So you know what the savior is like. We got to save everyone. Mm. Yeah. Like Superwoman or Superman, you put on the cape. Yes. yes, exactly. So that's a superhero. And then the savior is like, I've just got to save everyone, you know, and I even find people that need saving and I'm going to find the situations or I'm going to even create those situations so I can come to the rescue so I can be validated as the person that can take care of things. I just need to have that validation, that external validation. And then there's the, um, the last one, you know, is one that a lot of people haven't heard of. And I call it the prodigy. So, you know, everybody has kind of their genius zones, right? You know, there's certain things that you just can master really quick. Some people are really good at math or science, or they're really creative, or they're great dancers, or they're just really good with people. And so for the prodigy, they'll only step into those things where they can go from zero to hero, or beginner to mastery immediately. They do not want to get into something where they're in that in-between state, where they're learning, and they might slip, and they may be found out as not good enough. See, so those are the seven. Oh, I'm over here talking to myself and I was muted. I was like, yes, <laughs> I could definitely resonate with all seven of those because I think um, whenever, like, for example, I'll use me when I was in corporate America, you're, you are trying to fit the mold because it's what they want you to be. And until you know who you want to be instead of what they want you to be, then you're constantly living within that imposter syndrome or you're allowing those tendencies to repeat itself. But then whenever you get clarity and you begin to refocus, then you could shift your focus inwardly and then start taking ownership of your career, start walking with confidence and stop feeling like a victim, but you'll feel like a victor because you know who you are, you know what your purpose is and you know where you're going because now your vision is clear. So for example, I always tell my um, some of my coaching clients, I'm like, I have glasses and I need my glasses to see, but I'll use this example. If I take off my glasses, I see that Cheryl, but I don't see her physical features as much. I can't see her eyes or her nose or anything like that. But then when I put back on my glasses, everything comes back into focus. So I ask people, where is your focus and are you wearing the right lenses or have you taken off the blinders or have you cleaned your mirrors or your windows so you can see optimally? I love that. And you know, and that's a really important analogy because it allows people to understand that they can shift that they can change their lens. And, you know, I, I go, I go into this in the book, but when we first create our lens, our belief lens, it starts with the experiences that we have very young, right? We have an experience, but it's not so much the experience, but it's the interpretation we had, the meaning we gave at that age and the weight that we gave it, the amount of focus we put on it. So two people can have the exact same experience and walk away with you know, very different meanings they gave it and even the weightiness and the focus they put on it, right? 
So if someone's cracking their knuckles, it might drive me insane. And someone else, maybe you, they'd crack their knuckles and you wouldn't even notice it as an example. So we have this, these belief, this belief and it's the lens. And that starts to create, kind of inform our thoughts and our self-talk, that dialogue between our ears. So yeah, that's a beautiful analogy. Exactly. I think that's so important. Thank you. And now I want to shift gears into some tips. How can the listeners and viewers who may be struggling with imposter syndrome overcome their struggle with it? What are some things that they can do to get outside of that mindset and just really level up their life? Yeah, well, I will say um, in the book, I have more than 16 exercises to take people through that. But I I really believe in this holistic approach. So there are two answers to that. One is the approach, which is inside out and outside in, doing a deep dive to find those, you know, those limiting beliefs. What was the origin? What was the root? Now, one of the ways I do that, but it usually works better with a guide, is I use hypnotherapy. So I'll go into hypnotherapy. You think of climbing Mount Everest. You take a guide with you. Somebody just helps you dip into the subconscious. We find those originating events. Let's say you were five years old. We talk to that child who was hurt or wounded. We listen to them because oftentimes they don't feel listened to. We help them rewrite that story, change that story, transmute you know, the emotions, transform that, and then we help them integrate into the whole self. So one of it is to do the deep drive. You can do that through NLP. You can do that through meditation. There are a number of ways to do that. And the second part is the outside in because we do become patterned. We get these neurolog these like they're called neural pathways, right? So our thoughts, our beliefs, our self-talk become patterned. And so you need to practice the things in the book, and I'll tell you a few of them, but you need to practice them because remember, you have a habit already maybe of thinking negatively first, or you have a habit of, you know, playing small, or you have a habit of not setting boundaries. So at first it's uncomfortable. And so expect it to be uncomfortable. It's like it stretches you because when it's uncomfortable, it's like, should I? (laughs) Yes. Yes. And that's good, right? We need to learn to stretch. But we can create new neural pathways. You just have to do it consciously until it becomes unconscious, right? And so I bring you through a lot of these exercises, depending on how it's showing up for you. So, for example, if you're saying, oh, my God, I'm really resonating with being a perfectionist. I feel like all I see are my flaws, and I check and recheck, and, you know, people, my friends want to go out, or I want to see my family, but I tell them no because I have one more presentation. I've got to go over it one more time. And so we learn to let things go at 80%, right? We learn to celebrate our wins. We tell three friends. We put it on social media like, yay me, look at what I just did. And it's really uncomfortable until it's not. Or people-pleasing. You learn to set boundaries. You learn to say no. You understand that you've trained people. The people around you expect you to say yes. So they may not respond well at first. So what do you do? So we go through that. Here's how you handle that. Does that make sense? 
Absolutely, because when you begin to go through those exercises, you're writing the things down. You're also reflecting on you what you wrote down. And as you do it with a guide, you're doing it with someone who's trained in that area, who's been where you are, but has superseded that. So that is a really great tool. And I like when I when I have and see examples like that, because it really challenges you to think, think beyond where you are. Absolutely. And I would just like to also say that, and I do talk about this at length in the book, um, I have a whole section on imposter syndrome at work, that it's not all within. The part that we can control is, the, is what's within. The part that we can really control and change and transform more easily. But there are external triggers at work. There are a lot of things that come at us, you know, gender, race, religion, culture, being part of a target group. Did I come from the right school, age? There are all these things that can come at us. So it's also, how do you handle that? What do you do? What can I shift or control? How can I understand this in a way where I can move forward and be the best version of me and be happy, be at peace? Yes. And that's when you're hashtag winning. I say when you're at peace and you are living the best version of yourselves and you are doing it without any constraints and any regret. So that is amazing. And y'all, we can't tell you any more secrets because you definitely have to go get the pre-sale copy of the book and you will find out more because I don't want to, I don't want Cheryl to give away all her goodies to you because then you won't have anything to look forward to. So, You're so cute. Cheryl, as you, as we wind down, I want you to leave our listeners and viewers with your call to action for this segment. We talked about imposter syndrome. We talked about the seven archetypes. And then we also talked about a few tips and tricks to get them to put that into practice so they could start shifting from that imposter syndrome to living life optimally on their terms and not somebody else's. That's right. That's right. You know, one of the things I have out there is a quiz. And I think people really gain a lot of insight when they take this quiz. They understand more how imposter syndrome is showing up for me, for them. Um, And I'm happy to share how it used to show up for me, but I did get over it. And, uh, And so the way to get to the quiz, if you follow me on Instagram, I'm just at Cheryl and Jeanette and Cheryl's with an S. Um, there is a link there, or you can go to CherylAngeanette.com forward slash quiz to get the quiz. And then my book's available on Amazon, but if you pre-order it, I want to make sure you get bonuses. So send me a message or email me at hello at CherylAngeanette.com. I've got some great bonuses. And then I'm doing some contests to give away some signed copies of the book, author copies. So, um, I would love to make sure you get the bonuses. That's really during the pre-sale. So until May 11th, <laughs> anybody that pre-orders, and it can be the Kindle, the paperback, the hardback, whatever works, um, but as long as you pre-order. Uh, and then I also have an audiobook that will be coming out after May 11th in my voice. I'll be recording it. Oh, that's super awesome. So y'all... 
you have a lot of bonuses that you could grab now from Cheryl by pre-ordering the book. And she gave you different mediums that you could get um, with the paperback, the hardback, or the Kindle version before May 11th. So make sure you put that down on your calendar and go grab a copy. And I'm super excited that you're coming out with the audiobook after May 11th in your own voice because I always think it's cool when um, authors like yourself and I record things in their own voice because then you get to like hear it from their voice and kind of their words come alive on the paper. So Cheryl, I want you to um, share your social media one more time um, for in case anyone missed it and all of this info will definitely be in the show notes. Yeah, you bet. So Instagram is at Cheryl and Jeanette. Facebook is at Cheryl and Jeanette 7875, I believe. <laughs> and um, LinkedIn also at Cheryl and Jeanette, although I do believe there's a um, dash, Cheryl dash and Jeanette, Cheryl, S-H-E-R-Y-L and Jeanette, A-N-J-A-N-E-T-T-E. Um, and Amazon is The Imposter Lies Within. Amazing. So there you have it, listeners and viewers of GEMS Podcast. Once again, I am the founder and host, Ms. Genesis Amars Kemp. And my special guest today was Cheryl and Jeanette with The Imposter Lies Within. And it does not have to lie within you any longer if you go through the 16 exercises within her book to change the trajectory of your life. So I want to encourage you to live life optimally, stop living in the shadows of other people. And remember, you weren't created to be a carbon copy. You were created to be original for such a time as this. So until we chat next time, make sure you subscribe and share this segment. We are on 40 plus platforms and follow us on YouTube at Gems with Genesis Amars Kent for all video content. And if you want to um, be generous, please continue to help us spread the mission with Gems Podcast by contributing a monetary donation or becoming a brand sponsor where your products and services could be heard here. We are in the top 3% globally per www.listennotes.com, where you'll see all the podcasts worldwide and how we rank. So until we chat next time, ciao. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel. Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at gems, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, Your services can be here on GEMS Podcast.